Welcome into the Deep Slant Podcast presented by Xfinity. Count on a powerful and secure Wi-Fi connection for all your devices. Xfinity XFi, can your internet do that? Welcome in. It's week five. The Texans are back on the road again. They're traveling to Jacksonville to take on the Jaguars. These two teams have not faced off yet this year. And the Texans are hoping to get their first one of the season. So uh, if we look at the stats... All odds are in favor of Houston. They've won eight straight against Jacksonville. The last time the Jags beat the Texans was back in 2017. They swept the Texans, but they also went to the AFC Championship game that year. If you remember, Texans had so many injuries on the field. It was just a rough, rough year all around. And then back in 2013, which was actually my first season with the Texans, uh, the Texans dropped both those games as well. So in my 10 seasons, this is now season 10, I've only seen the Texans lose four times to the Jaguars. So 8-0 against Jacksonville. It's the longest winning streak against the Jacksonville that's active right now. A few fun facts for you on this series. Should be a good one as both second-year quarterbacks, Davis Mills and Trevor Lawrence, face off against each other. Both teams have new head coaches again for the second year in a row. And the Texans are really hoping they can pull out a win. So I've got my good friend J.P. Shadrick of the Jaguars Radio Network. We're going to go behind enemy sidelines, talk about this Jags team. They're coming off a tough loss in Philly, which they thought they could pull out a win there. But the weather and the fumbles, the turnovers... It was just too much to overcome. So we'll get into all that. But first, Xfinity delivers the fastest internet in Houston, stream Texans games on a powerful and secure Wi-Fi network, and count on a reliable connection for all your devices. Xfinity XFi, can your internet do that? All right, let's get right into it. Let's preview this Texans-Jags matchup for week five right here on the Deep Slam podcast presented by Xfinity. We're going behind enemy sidelines this week. Joining me once again, my good friend, J.P. Shadrick of the Jaguars Radio Network. We meet twice a year, first time this year between the Jaguars and the Texans. J.P., how's it going? Oh, it's going well. It's a new era of Jaguars football again, and things are looking up here in Duval, which is great. First place, <laughs> two and two. We don't know what to do with our hands right now. It's just uh, it's a good feeling. It's a good People thing. in Duval must be out of their minds right now. First yeah. place in the AFC South. Tied yeah. for first, but right. still. Well, tied for first, but they have the better conference record than the Titans, if you want to get particular about it, DP, okay? So the Jags are 2-0 <laughs> and in the conference, so they're in first place. Now, I mean, and this is a team that they feel like should have won two more. They let the week one game in Washington slip away, some mistakes in the red zone early, just misfired on some, and then, the, you know, a bunch of sacks on Trevor that day, Trevor Lawrence, quarterback. And then last week, five giveaways, four fumbles, all on the quarterback. Those are self-inflicted wounds. They, the team at least feels like they went toe-to-toe with the last unbeaten team in the NFL and should have won the game. And they feel like they're the better team. So we haven't felt like that around here in a long, long time. Yeah, I'm sure Doug Peterson's homecoming to Philly didn't quite go the way that he had written it up for the Jags. But let's talk about those four fumbles, and yet the Jags still put up 21 points in a torrential downpour. What's been clicking for the offense this year? I saw they're already tied for sixth in the NFL, 26.3 points per game on average. What's been going well for that offense? Well, it beats 14.8 points per game, which is what they had last year, dead last in the NFL. So they're scoring points. And I think it's just a progression for Trevor Lawrence, honestly. Um, He's in an offense that makes sense now for him. He's got guys around him and the coaching staffs that can – lead him to the right places in play calling, and he's got the personnel to go execute the plays around him. So he's got veteran receivers 
on this team now, of course, and Christian Kirk, who's now in year five, but he's been at it for a minute, and they paid him a lot of money to come into this place and, and play certain roles. Zay Jones has that deep ball ability. He missed last week's game, but he's practicing this week, at least early, so we'll see if he's available for Sunday or not. Um, and they've got veteran tight end and Evan Ingram that has made some plays, and it's an offensive line that's had a couple of moving parts, but they're confident in what that group can do and they feel like they can run the ball. So I think that's number one. It's just a totally different team than it was last year, and that makes a totally different feeling quarterback. I mean, last year, Trevor Lawrence was having to deal with a lot of things that a quarterback shouldn't have to deal with, and certainly not a rookie quarterback should have to deal with away from football. They were throwing him out there every week in front of the media answering questions he really probably shouldn't have been answering, but that was the circumstance last year. Now – he can focus on football, the players around him, and I think that's why the, the game has stepped up a little bit. Play calling to go with it, too. Don't underestimate Doug Peterson's ability to, to dial it up and press Taylor to design it as the offensive coordinator. They're all in cahoots together. Trevor Lawrence gets in on it late in the week, and it's a true team effort. Yeah, he's done a good job of protecting the ball so far through the first four games. Only two interceptions. He had one in the rain. And of course, fumbles aside, when you look at the touchdown to interception ratio, it's much better than it was last year. So what's been the key to getting him to get more of those completions this year? Well, I think a lot of it is his receivers are getting open now. I mean, these guys, Christian Kirk can find a hole in a defense because he's got that quick, short burst ability. And all you need is a little window, right? And Trevor, at least so far, told me last week that he feels like if he can just throw it to a place, the receivers are going to be in the right place because they've been at this for so long and they have that ability to do it. So I think that's part of it. You know, you mentioned the fumbles last week, four fumbles, two of them. One of them was like a sneak that he didn't you know, handle properly. And the other was a roll to the right. The wet ball slipped out of his hands. The other two were sack fumbles, came over the right tackle. That happens from time to time. But I think you'd feel a whole lot worse if there were four interceptions thrown to the other team uh, than in the four fumbles in that instance. You don't want them. I get it. So the sky's not falling. Things are fine with Trevor. Uh, but I think to answer your question, it's the veteran group of receivers finding a way to get open and Trevor trusting those guys to be in the right spot. You mentioned Christian Kirk. So big offseason signing. You lose DJ Chark. Three touchdowns so far for Kirk. So has he or how has he lived up to those $72 million expectations for the Jags through the first few games? Well, he can line up anywhere. That's the idea of receivers in this offense. It's not just Christian Kirk, the slot guy. It's Christian Kirk that can move outside and match up with somebody or open up a different matchup with a tight end over somebody else. So maybe they go cover him. Zay Jones has a big day in week two, right? Because Christian Kirk was kind of covered up. That's the feel of this offense right now. And that's the ability of Christian Kirk to kind of get in this playbook and understand every part of this offense and, and work with Trevor in the offseason to develop some kind of chemistry on the field and certainly off the field too. And I think we've seen that pay off a little bit in the first four weeks of the season. He's the number one target. In the first week, Trevor overthrew him a few times. Just the first week, a little high on some things, but he's settled in since then and found a way to get the ball to him. And he's he's the big piece of this offense. Everything kind of runs around Christian. So if it's Christian inside and he's covered, boom, you can try it outside, and that's the idea. So far, so good. There is still some room for improvement, but 
Christian Kirk, I think that's why they spent the money they did. They had a lot of different things in mind for him. All right. Well, let's talk about the defense because they invested in their defense quite a bit through the draft, two first round picks. We saw them take Trayvon Walker with the number one overall pick. How about him and Devin Lloyd? They've been starting games. How did they come in and start making such an immediate impact on that Jags defense? Well, they're freaks. First of all, I mean, Trayvon Walker walks Fair. in the room and you can tell, oh, wait a minute. This is this is a first round pick. There's a reason this guy was number one overall. It's his length. It's his size, ability to run. And he comes with bad intentions at the end of it. And we saw it in the preseason, right? The first snap of the Hall of Fame game, which, OK, it's the Hall of Fame game. I get it. First snap. He straight arms the tackle back into the quarterback, ends up getting a roughing the passer. He kind of went to the head. But after the game, it's like, I just wanted to affect the passer. I don't care what happened at the end. I just wanted to get back there. So he has that ability. He's super strong. If he just kind of figures it all out with some pass rushing moves to go with that at time, I think he'll be a very, very good player for this defense. And then Devin Lloyd's just always around the ball. That was his MO at uh, Utah. I mean, the guy had – more sacks than Trayvon Walker had last year when Walker was at Georgia. Uh, the guy had a bunch of interceptions, pick sixes, fumble recoveries. He's the leader of that defense at Utah, and he's starting to kind of step in that role here, it feels like. He had interceptions in back-to-back games, games two and three. So he's going to be up there at the top of the tackle board most every week, and that's what he's going to be. And he's just a smart football player. He's in the film room all the time, digging deep. He's always done that at Utah, and that's carried over to the NFL because he has more time. He doesn't have to go to class. So that means that's just that much more time to watch film. All right, how about the run game? I mean, James Robinson and Travis Etienne, they both suffered season-ending injuries last year. Obviously, Robinson's was much later on in the year. But to see the sort of production they've had as backs, what do you make of those two? I know it seems like Robinson's scoring all the touchdowns and Etienne's getting all the yards. Maybe as a fantasy owner, I'm asking this question, but maybe also because it's my job. Tell me a little bit about those two guys and how they sort of fit in with each other and and who why is is or do they both get touchdowns equally or is it always going to be Robinson? DP, we're trying to win football games, <laughs> not fantasy. I actually league. have Robinson, to be honest. Okay, that's not great. this week. We'll not be starting this week. I can tell you in the realm of trying to win football games that James Robinson is the starting running back. Uh, they both have that ability to go out there and play. And you know, that was a big question for Robinson in the preseason. He still had a little bit of a limp to him when he ran in training camp. He was a little heavy, maybe just because of the offseason inability to run off the Achilles injury late in the season, but give him credit. I mean, the guy just found a way to be ready for week one and was out there and maybe was not a hundred and, you know, a hundred percent ready to go all, but he played and he played pretty well. And then it's just continued to develop. And that's been great. ETN's been cleared for a long time. He was cleared early in the off season from his list, Frank injury that he had in the preseason last year. But there's two different type of guys, right? I mean, James Robinson's the between the tackles, give me four yards, and you're going to probably get four yards. That's that's what it's going to be, and he'll fight for those yards. And he's not going to, for the most part, he's not going to run for 50, though he has done uh, that one time this year, which was interesting to see. It was really well blocked, and he burst through for a long touchdown. That, that hasn't happened a lot in his career. ETN is that guy. If he can ever find that space outside, they feel like he has the ability to score from – you're one or they're one. So uh, anywhere on the field, he hasn't done that yet. 
He's showing some burst. I think he's still trying to find his way. And he's not scared of contact. I thought he'd be a little more adverse to, you know, avoiding defenders. No, no, he's taking some hits and going in there and putting his shoulder in. So um, it's a good tag team duo. Let's put it that way. No matter what the fantasy rankings say, they're both going to play. <laughs> you know, I'm just joking with you, JP. All right. Well, I know you're super busy. You're doing so much Jag stuff, but you also been calling a lot of college games recently. So tell me where you're off to on Saturday. Yeah. Um, so I'm on Westwood one this year and this, uh, this Saturday we've had the deep South's oldest rivalry, the 127th meeting of Auburn and Georgia between the hedges in Athens. Auburn is three and two somehow. I was at both games that they've lost the Penn state game where they got blasted. And then last week against LSU, they blew a 17, nothing lead. Yeah lost the game. They somehow miraculously beat Missouri. I don't know how the coach is on the hot seat. There's a lot going on in the Plains. And then at Georgia, they're angry because they are two points behind Alabama and the AP poll. They flipped down to number two. They still have more first place votes than Alabama. Uh, but there's been a couple of closer calls. Last week, they had to rally on the road at Missouri to win. But they're still the defending national champions. And um, I think they're ready to prove a point on Saturday. But I'm looking forward to the game, 3.30 on Westwood 1. Check your All local, right. nice. local <laughs> listings. <laughs> nice promo. A lot of people in Texas rooting for Alabama to lose as well as AM is playing Alabama there on the road as well. So we'll be watching very closely. JP, best of luck with both games. Well, better luck with the Saturday game, less luck with the Sunday game. But appreciate the time as always. Great stuff from JP. Catch up on Westwood One if you can. And hey, fantasy football questions, I am not shy to ask them. But just to let you know, I picked up James Robinson off waivers. I've got other running backs in the mix. So just thought I'd throw that out there for him. But I know plenty of people want to know about fantasy numbers because whenever we tweet about skill players getting a lot of carries or a lot of catches, uh, it seems to blow up with the fantasy football owner. So... They've got a great one-two punch back there, so it'll be interesting to see how that shakes out against this Texans defense that really wants to improve. Not pleased with how they played in this offense that got down 21 nothing early. They hope to come out fast, finish fast, and hopefully leave Jacksonville with a win. Well, that's going to do it for the podcast. Thank you so much for listening. Check out HoustonTexans.com for all the coverage from game day, pregame show, post-game press conferences, you name it, it's up there on HoustonTexans.com. And thank you so much for listening. As always, go Texans.